Podcast ain't played nobody. Bill, I got free magazines in the mail. You got free magazines in the mail. Why do we get free magazines in the mail? Because Athlon, uh, for some reason, decides we're worthy of, of writing in their magazine, and therefore we get, we get swag. Guess what? We got a, we got a guest. <laughs> as amazing as that sounds. We got a guest. We actually, uh, Podcast ain't played nobody. The rare actual triple triple round not triple round table but we have three people recording a podcast at the same time i can't make fun of shutdown fullcast anymore because i realize how technically perilous this is but please everybody and here i'll do a quick round of applause mitch light the editor-in-chief i can tell uh, first of all thanks for having me on i can tell you don't have guests very often because you're not very good at introducing them wow right out of the bat okay and did you notice, I, I think both of you guys, did you notice that you might have gotten every Athlon Sports Magazine except a certain one from a certain conference? I don't know if you noticed. No, SEC, okay, so I, I, I put, so Mitch, on last week's show, um, or the last one that we recorded, as, as this will air sometime in June, um, <laughs> I talked about the, the copies that you sent when you, when you sent over, the, like, the fresh ones to me. Yeah. I thought, of course, she's going to be funny and send me the Ole Miss cover for the SEC, which you do every year. It's yes. such a great laugh we have together. <laughs> and I have I have the ACC edition with the Miami cover, and then I have the Pac-12 cover of the of the National Athlon Sports College Football Edition. So, what am I missing here? Is there a message? I think for both of you guys, we'll see. Usually, we've got a great like uh, PR department stuff like that, and I, I'll email. I'll say, hey, can you send mags to Stephen Godfrey? Here's the address. I won't give everyone your address because. That wouldn't be good for you. No, do it. Uh, and Bill Connolly, so-and-so, sent him all the mags. But we got them earlier than usual this year, and so I was sending them out on my own. And, and this is, like, way too much information. But in the in the uh, U.S. Postal Service one, the envelopes that I have, you can – it's whether or not you send one magazine or four magazines, the weight doesn't matter. It's as much as you can jam in there. So I, was, I could jam them all in there, and I thought I sent both of you guys everything but the Pac-12. I was just thinking, oh, they don't care about the Pac-12. Um, but wow. maybe I did send you the picture of Godfrey. Maybe Connolly, I did not. So both of you guys have all but one of the magazines. I am, holding I, in, I am holding in my hand right now the cover with Khalil Tate, Jake Browning, and Cam Smith. But is that the national edition or should say Pac-12? Uh, yeah, that is the national, okay, so national magazine with the Pac-12 cover. You don't have the Pac-12. Okay, that's my first question. We get a lot of questions about how Athlon comes together in the structure, so we're going to talk a little bit about that. We will actually talk about the twenty. 18 college football season um, and all of the things that you actually wrote and we wrote for the actual publication. But how many covers are there, Mitch, and why? I get asked this a lot, and you would think because I do them and I get asked them that I would know the exact answer. <laughs> but that would be incorrect. My guess is nice. there's about um, 40 – my guess would be about 40 different college covers. We oh actually – cut down this year um our thing has always been and my thing as managing editors like we we speak to the fan you know i if you're a missouri fan bill Connolly, you want a beautiful photo of drew lock and a missouri only cover you don't want missouri shared with arkansas and lsu and all that stuff so uh, traditionally that's been what we've done and we've done it pretty much throughout the whole country and we we did do that in the we we maintain that strategy in the sec where literally every team has its own cover but in the other regions where the mags, quite frankly, don't sell as well as the ACC, as the SEC, uh, we, we've kind of we've, we've curtailed the cover. So like the Pac-12, we had a Oregon State cover only. We had an Oregon cover, 
uh, we had Washington State, Washington only covering all that stuff. But we, we cut it down in the Pac-12 to basically just like Bryce Love, Khalil Tate, and I think Cam Smith from from USC is sort of our uh, one Pac-12 cover. And then since Washington and Oregon are both going to be pretty good, and Washington's obviously really good with Jake Browning, they have we have like a Pacific Northwest cover. We also did that in the ACC. We you know we 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 did not do a BC only cover. We did not do a Syracuse only cover. So. We usually do quite a bit more, but we cut down a little bit this year. Take that, nerd schools. Who's on the AAC cover, by the way? Uh, we have every uh, every uh, center and uh, defensive tackle. It's, it's a big collage of every AAC player on there. So. Awesome. Wow. Yeah, I figured you'd like that. No, we, um, we have – thought about doing you know targeted it's it, it, the circulation is difficult the, the problem is there in all seriousness like let's say we wanted to do a uh, a memphis only cover like put some memphis guys on our national cover it's just getting them in newsstands in memphis where we have to have the tennessee cover where we have to have the you know Ole miss arkansas cover it's as big as memphis is those sec mags sell well so it's just it's more of a logistic thing of getting them in the right place i see you kind of took my joke and made it an actual, real good answer. Well, because I realized my, my 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 retort to your joke was kind of lame, so I thought I'd come in with some real stuff. Okay, so here's <laughs> another question that I've, I get asked a lot: How specific are you guys in in which like where's the border area? For instance, let's talk about the Southeastern Conference or even like the Big Ten. How do you know? Like, do you guys geo target down to the? bookstore drugstore grocery store where these things are at because athlon is so ubiquitous how do you guys know like all right this is where the ohio state's cover stops and this is where the michigan one begins well i I, fortunately i don't deal with all that uh we have a circulation department but yes we we zip code target you know we we uh we know you know where, where you know if it's these certain zip codes. Texas is a good example. You know the College Station in points east get the SEC magazine, and Austin and San Antonio get the Texas magazine. It's very it's it's frustrating sometimes because mm-hmm. uh, a lot a lot of it you're letting to the, you put in the hands of the distributors. Like you can tell them what to do, but they might get lazy and just say, "Oh, we're in Texas, so these Texas magazines are going to go to College Station." Well, and then I'll get emails from from Texas A and M fans. Hey, the Texas <laughs> magazine is there. Uh, you know, why, why can't I find my mag? The, the most frustrating thing was from a circulation standpoint, I might've said this on the pod last year with you guys is, uh, up until about five years ago, our, uh, our offices were right on West end here in Nashville, right across from Vanderbilt and in, in the, uh, the convenience store, the drugstore, literally right across the street from Vanderbilt, you would think you would have the Vanderbilt and Tennessee cover. No, we had the Georgia cover. Um, huh. it was just a circulation thing where the, the, the wholesaler was out of Atlanta and they would send the wrong magazines every year. And it was just, so we do run into that, which is frustrating because as you guys might've heard, not a ton of people are buying magazines nowadays. So we want to be sure we at least get them in the right places to give the people the opportunity to buy them. Yeah. Not a lot of people are buying magazines, Mitch, but this is still an institution and, and you guys are still doing it and people still have, it, it's it's funny because I was a magazine – I had a magazine emphasis when I was a journalism major a long time ago, and they always talk about like the tactile experience and the ownership that a magazine gives you versus just us cretins that make things on blog sites on your phone. People want the physical edition of these things, and they really are particular about it. They collect them. It, it's a year by year. I know you guys and Phil Steele and everybody else who does a physical annualized copy – 
people are really picky and and have a an extreme amount of ownership whereas you know you just don't get that with anything in the digital space and yeah I mean, kind of leads yeah. me into you you must have received some truly insane feedback maybe not just because like the college station you know pharmacy got the got the ut cover but i'm sure there's some sort of like there's got to be some crazy fans out there about athlon itself yeah we get uh you know a decent amount of feedback and 90% of it's negative. You know, people don't email and be like, Hey, I really enjoyed your breakdown of, you know, Arizona state this year. You know, it's, 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 it's when you make a mistake or when you, they, they think you make a mistake or they don't like your prediction and stuff like that, or perceived slight for years. We got it from Iowa state fans because like I talked about the localized covers, we didn't do an Iowa state cover because our circulation department would go to the wholesalers in Iowa and they wouldn't order enough because they didn't think they could sell enough, uh-huh. even though Iowa State has a rabid fan base. This doesn't really make sense, but this is true. So it didn't make sense for us to do an Iowa State only cover. And I would get all these emails from fans who were so mad that we didn't do an Iowa State cover. And like we do more coverage than anyone. So like I felt we got penalized because like Lindy's, for example, the fine magazine, you know, same similar product they do less coverage but they'd be more mad at us because we did everyone but iowa state if that makes sense got penalized for for doing that so um but uh, uh, back to your question your point about you know or the the fact that people are still buying these which is great for us but not as much and i talked about this the other day in the office it has kind of forced me and to to even i don't know what the term is to to try harder to come up with really good feature ideas. Like 10 years ago, I've been in Athlon 18 years. 10, 15 years ago, these things sold like crazy. You just did, you, you know, they kind of went off the assembly line. We did the similar stuff every year. We did the feature on the new coach, and which we still do. But now really try to come up with more interesting ideas um, that you might not see elsewhere. We spend more time on our features. We spend more time on stuff like that. Like the story that, that you did is one of my favorite assignments uh, you know, ideas that I've got good feedback on. And it's sort of like a niche thing. You know, a lot of people look at it and think it's kind of silly, but, you know, our headline is 13 games, 20 completions, an oral history of Army's 2017 passing attack. You Mitch, know, I'm not going to, I'm not going to lie. I'm sitting here staring. I cannot one. I can't believe you, Mitch and I, every year will go out, like get lunch, talk about what he needs me to do, make fun of Bill, that kind of stuff. Um, and every year we, we talk about, the, the shifting landscape of media culture and what Athlon needs, you know, this particular year and how I could help, whatever. When that was not a pitch, that that was not anything I came up with. I, in fact, I think, I think you already had the headline written when you told me you were like, I want this. And now that I'm staring at it on a national magazine cover, I can't believe you did that. It's I couldn't favorite, be like, prouder or happier to do it, but it's one of those things like, I don't care if anyone else likes it. I like it. And I think it's funny. So, and I knew, you, you know, cause I knew you, you know, the army staff would, would be good. So it's stuff like that. We're trying to come up with different, you know, different ideas where, where it's kind of forced us to, 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 to try and be better because we, we were trying to get people to buy these magazines. Uh, by the way, the army staff thought it was a joke. I think that it, I don't know unless they it, it's in the unless they've gone and picked it up in West Point yet. I, I think they still think it's a joke. The SID thought it was a joke. The offensive staff was like, no, 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 no. Like literally everyone I spoke to on the phone for that thought it was a joke. Next year, we're doing an oral history of Washington State's, you know, 27 rushing attempts for the year. So get get going on that. Oh, damn. That would be good, actually. 
We should, Bill. Bill, we we kind of we kind of should edit that out, Bill, and just actually kind of put that in the hip pocket. Um, <laughs> no, this took this took uh, the uh, you know last year. He basically texts me and says, "Hey, you hate fade routes. Want to write a thing about why fade routes are so popular?" Um, that was another one that I liked, and I loved how it turned out. It was great. I loved it. Yeah, it was good. Like, and that's the type of thing. Not to you know, I will pat Iowa, even though I'm I don't know seven hundred miles away. I'll pat Bill on the back there, like. I knew Bill would take take it and run with it and 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 give it the the attention it deserved. Throw some stats in there. Talk to the right people. I could have assigned that to just any other freelancer, and they would get some quotes from coaches and be like, "Yeah, I don't like the fade route, or I do like the fade route." But the, but Bill added some stuff in there that I really thought made it more interesting, and it, some of it made sense, even though I hate the fade route. But I learned some stuff about the coach. Yeah. The coaches think about that. Like yeah. we're on first down, it's not that big of a deal. But it's I'm not going to get picked off. Yeah. Yeah. So, Bill, explain. Go back and – I think people find that interesting if they didn't read the story. <laughs> Give a quick rundown of why, you know, why it makes it more sense on first down other than third down. Right. So, yeah, it's basically risk-free. Like, it's either going to be a touchdown or an incompletion, and you'll live to fight another down and all that stuff. But it's basically that. And – this ties into a lot of things that I want to write about, but haven't yet, but basically it's a way for defenses to try to dictate what offenses do because so much of the passing game, so much of offense, but the passing game especially is automated based on what you're reading. And so uh, you're reading this kind of coverage, you're reading this. Well, this, this tells this read tells me throw a fade route and defenses don't mind because you're probably not going to complete it. Offenses don't mind because you're probably not going to throw an interception. And so everybody just kind of agrees to do this bad thing that rarely actually works. Uh, And, and, and it's based, I think more on what the defense is given. It's not just a, you know, a coach sitting there. All right, first and goal for, the eight hey let's throw a fade it's just basically you know all of every single play in football now has about eight options baked into it and that's one of them and the defense has no problem trying to dictate that that's the one you read perfect summation that's pretty good Boom. Uh, one more question before we actually do the 2018 football stuff the magazine hit stands when exactly i want to say memorial day but i don't think that was the exact day yeah when i first started athlon 18 years ago well i'm getting old um it was early June. It was like June 5th. Okay. And then it would creep up. And this year, the, we, we moved it up three years ago to our on-sale date was May 17th, basically. It's, wow. It's, I don't know why, but Tuesday is the day in magazine world. It's always the Tuesday, like a week before Memorial, like the full week before Memorial Day. So, But then it also gets out quicker. You know, that's the targeted on-sale date. But if a, if you, we, we ship around the whole country and if in, the one in Columbia, Missouri gets them four days earlier and they just can go ahead and put them on the newsstand. So we'll, we'll get – like when we used to do a bigger countdown on our website and try and keep it super secret, like one year, like literally 11 days before the – it was 2008 when we picked Florida to win the national title. When they did win it, um, if I can, uh, that's one of the few times we've gotten it right. Like 11 <laughs> days before – like in Jack, we in, it was it was on newsstands in Jacksonville. Like, oh, Florida's number one, so it kind of blew our countdown there. So it, it's it's really hard to predict when it will actually get on newsstands. Um, because of this, and because of the time frame involved, when do you guys have to kind of shut it down on how much information you're going to take in for the prognostication part? Because it it becomes a tougher and tougher assignment for you guys. Yeah. Um, 
we do our Stephen Lassen, who both you guys, you know, uh, are familiar yeah. with. And, uh, I still say with all due respect to, to everyone on this podcast, uh, I, I still say Stephen knows more about college football than anyone I've ever met um, <laughs> from, from a personnel standpoint. Um, he gets uh, right after the season, he gets going on what he calls his team sheets. Um, all the, inf- you know, all the information you can squeeze onto one, one pay- piece of paper and stuff. So then we will we will start our predict conference by conference predictions meetings in March. So we might start with the AAC. You know, we start with the most important, of course, guys. Of course. And, and so we'll, we'll do those. And we'll, then each each maybe once a week uh, leading up into April, we'll, we'll do one conference or two conferences one week. And then once we do all that, we'll get our we'll have our 130 meeting. Now, that doesn't mean we're not going to tweak things. So we we. We, we might come up with our AAC West and, and pick Memphis like we did. And then obviously if something happens during spring practice and, you know, we thought Brady White was going to be the quarterback there. Now it looks like he might not be. He might be. That's not a huge development. But if we find out something that we, you know, someone gets hurt or there's a development, of course we're going to change our picks. Uh, but we've got to get going early enough. And, you know, I've found out, I don't know what you guys think, not, 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 excuse me, not much happens in spring practice nowadays. Uh, no. And – I used to be paranoid about stuff like that. We got to wait till after spring practice to make our predictions. No, we don't. We make them before, and if something happens, we tweak them. So uh, we feel we have all the information we need. Sure, there's some, you know, I've been asked several times, you know, would we have changed the LSU pick because, you know, we don't have Joe Burrows in the magazine. No, we wouldn't have. We we feel comfortable that Mississippi State's going to be better, and we feel comfortable that, you know, know, we've got LSU slotted fifth, actually, behind Texas A&M. Would we have moved them ahead of Texas A&M? No, I don't think so. So ra- rarely has something happened so major that would force us to make our picks after the magazine comes out. That's fifth in the conference also, if you're listening. Yes, yes, not in the division. <laughs> yes. Oh, yeah, yeah, that would be uh, – if, if you want to go ahead and say that LSU is going to finish fifth in the SEC West, we'll just let you – I mean, if you want to use this space to say that, sure. And then uh, I'll just, I'll is, just hand out this, that phone number. Yeah, I've been – I've been like I – said many times i've been there 18 years and this is i've got to go back and look i'm 90 percent sure we've never picked lsu this low um wow in the SES. um okay so we're gonna get into the actual football part now mitch uh i don't want to give away everything although most of this or part of this is is on the cover um the top 10 athlons preseason uh 10 oklahoma nine wisconsin eight washington seven auburn six miami uh, I'll say that with a little bit of emphasis because actually, let me say this one with a little bit even more emphasis. Five, Michigan. And then your Ooh. your playoff, one through four, Alabama, Clemson, Georgia, Ohio State. Um, I think we could all agree you can shuffle those four in almost any order based off of what's going to happen in the season. Um, I don't want to – it's PAP and tradition. I don't want to talk about the actual like good national title contending schools, but – Mitch, let's discuss Michigan and Miami real fast. Yeah, we are higher on, you know, basically it's, it's Braden, Gall, uh, Stephen Lass and I that make, that make the predictions. And, and as a group, you know, we are no doubt probably higher on Michigan than anyone or most people. And we went into this assuming Shea Patterson would be eligible. And he wouldn't be magazine. Oh. When we sent it to the printer, he was not yet eligible. So we're, we're oh god, we're, we're glad that he is. Thank you, NCAA, for once. Yeah. Um, I just think that you know, that, first of all, the Big Ten, as you guys know, the Big Ten East is just brutal. Um, for you know, I think we've got four top twelve teams. That's you know, uh, for all the Michigan State fans who will be mad at us for picking Michigan State fourth, I say, hey, you know, we've we've, we've got you twelfth. It's not like we don't like your team. Um, I think Michigan defensively, all three units is going to be awesome. I mean, I think they might have you know. 
uh, outside of Alabama and or Clemson, the best defense in the country. You had Shea Patterson, who um, I think is really, really good. I've seen him in person twice. He's, he's kind of, he's not just a good quarterback. He's fun to watch too. I think with some of the young wide receivers who got hurt or were kind of hamstrung by the lack of a passing attack last year, I just think they're going to be a lot better. And uh, we're, I'm just not in the Jim Harbaugh can't coach camp. I'm in the Jim Harbaugh. Let's look at his resume and he's a really good coach and it hasn't worked out yet camp. Um, so think, you know, wouldn't be surprised if their playoff team in, in Miami was basically, we came up with Alabama, Clemson and Ohio state as our three playoff teams. And we really debated the fourth, even though we've got Georgia third, that was more of kind of a schedule and scenario type thing. We debated uh, Georgia. We debated Michigan. We debated Miami, Auburn, and Washington. Those are the teams we really talked about for that fourth spot. And Miami, I'm just, I don't know what you guys, I'm still scared off of the quarterback situation. Um, oh, yeah. You think they're, I think they're good. They're really good. I think the end of the year last year, I don't, exposed isn't the right word. Just they weren't as good as we thought. You look back at the Georgia Tech game when they, they won that game on a kind of a miracle fourth down conversion. They won some close games. I think they're a solid top 10 team. I don't think they're a top 14. Yeah. I th- Michigan's interesting. Just, I mean, I had them, let's see in S and P they were 10th. So, I mean, it's not, it's one of those things where like you, when you guys project, you're kind of thinking with records in mind, not just pure yes. quality. And basically you're, you're having a bunch of teams there navigate through a bunch of toss up games. Somebody's going to win them. And so, yeah, if, if if it lands heads a few more times for Michigan, they have absolutely a shot at winning it all. I think, I mean, that's something, I, you know, I've talked about here before. Like, that's, they weren't supposed to be awesome last year. They were worse than expected. Uh, but one of the reasons they were worse than expected is because of the quarterback position. And uh, they just landed a pretty darn good quarterback. So, and a, a ready good quarterback, not like a, a, a blue chip freshman or something. So yeah, it does this, seem like, yeah. Sorry, Things this isn't a grad transfer. You know, Joe Burrows might turn out to be great, but he's never played. Like, we have seen right. Dave Patterson in person. We have seen him perform well against good teams. I'm not saying he's going to be yeah. first team all Big Ten, but he is as known of a commodity as you can get in a transfer on so then, uh, you know, speaking of, of quarterbacks and whatnot, one of the things I found really interesting heading into this year is that, um, I mean, yeah, so for, as far as Heisman candidates and whatnot go, obviously two attack of Aloha got everybody's attention um, late last year. You've got Khalil Tate. You've got potentially Jake Fromm or prolific guys like McSorley or Greer or I guess Drew Locke or whatever. Um, but you got a lot of running backs. And I, I don't know, maybe – maybe this isn't all that weird, but I mean, you've got Bryce love at number two, you've got two at number one, but you've got Bryce love as your number two contender, Jonathan Taylor from Wisconsin at three and JK Dobbins at four. Uh, plus then, you know, there's Rodney Anderson, um, a cam acres type. There are a lot of, it seems like this is a, a, an interesting year for the running back position, uh, especially with the, some of the quarterbacks who just left, I guess. Yeah. It's, it's a great year for running backs, uh, especially in the sec, try to come up with an all conference, you know, sec, you know, uh, you, you could literally go, you know, we do three first, second, third team in the magazine. I think Steve on the website does a fourth team. There's some really good SEC running backs who didn't even get on our, you know, fourth team all SEC. So, I mean, Bryce Love obviously is, uh, you know, uh, was en route to one of the best seasons ever in college football for running back, you know, got hurt a little bit. That slowed him down. Taylor is phenomenal. Um, Dobbins is a guy that looking, you know, there's a lot of stuff. Honestly, I look back at our magazine when it comes out, I'm like, yeah, you know, maybe I should have, you know, maybe that's too high or that's too low. Certain guys, 
Dobbins might be a little high on our list. We've got him fourth, especially with the, the you know, with Mike Weber there. And, uh, you know, I don't know if Dobbins will get enough touches, but he was, you know, I went back and looked at his stats. He was better than I thought as a freshman last year. So um, I, I'd be, I should go back and look at previous lists and see how, how often we've had three running backs in our top five there. But it's, uh, it's uh, you know, I think on paper, it's definitely a good year for running backs. And I would actually make the case that Dobbins might should, should maybe be ahead of Taylor. Yeah. Um, like, I think you could absolutely make that case. I think that we got, uh, t- I think Taylor was closer to his ceiling last year than, than Dobbins was. Yeah, and, you and, think and Taylor so, might also be, he's really good, but he might also be hurt by the being a Wisconsin running back. And people just say, yeah. Oh, it's the next Wisconsin running back. Right. He's going to rush for 1800 yards. Right. Um, do we have to talk about, on, do we have to talk about football or can we talk about fun stuff? Like who's going to get fired? Hey, it's your, hey, Godfrey, it's your pot. You ask the questions. I, I answer them as best as possible. I'm just saying the secret of this podcast is that I actually, for some reason, only want to talk about things that aren't related to football. Um, so Bill and I were going over what we wanted to talk about, and we both noticed um, Mitch. Uh, this is wonderful. Clue, clue us into uh, the editorial meetings about how you guys were going to cover Herm Edwards, because um, on in my national cover it says herm edwards why fantastic headline by the way um, so, you know sometimes you only do stories because you, you come up with a cover blurb i'm like that's a cover blurb now let's do the story the, um, the, my favorite is actually not that my favorite is when you in the hot seat section which when you want to talk about timeliness and you want to talk about worrying about what you know what's going to have what's going to be fresh in print the the silly season is so bizarre now we talk about this a lot on papn it essentially extends now into somewhere probably like the last week of September, first week of October, you have a bizarre circumstance or like a sudden retirement. And then the whole thing kicks into gear. You, uh, uh, by the way, you're, you're number two, Bob Davey probably could still yeah. maybe be, we don't know. Right. Right. Um, but back on Herm. So you have the hot seat, you have the getting warm, you have a sort of a disclaimer on Harbaugh. Check it out. We're not going to read it all here by the magazine. But then you have like this little subsection that says, you know, or basically it says, no, he's not on the hot seat talking about Jim Harbaugh. And then at the bottom it says, but he might be. And you mentioned a coach that was just hired who hasn't coached a game yet. Yeah, I, I am. Obviously, I'm fascinated by Herm Edwards because he's all over the magazine. And in, in, in my 18 years at Athlon, the most surprising hire I've seen. Now, I, I want to preface this and I've said this on the radio. He might be awesome. But he might not be awesome. He, I don't think in four years we're going to see Herm Edwards has gone seven and five, six and six, five and seven, eight and four. I think we're going to see Herm Edwards in four years back at ESPN or maybe being really good. Um, I just, you know, was confused by the hire, and then everything else he said since then has added to the confusion. Yeah. So <laughs> I said basically to. I felt we needed to put that on about Harbaugh because most people think he's on the hot seat. And I wanted to say, Hey, we, we didn't forget about him and we don't think he's in the hot seat, but this guy might be where if it just, if there's an implosion in year one, uh, you know, it could go really bad. Now I think he's hired a pretty good staff. So I think that will help him. But I am, I am, I think the state of Arizona is fascinating this year with Kevin Sumlin inheriting Kevin, uh, Khalil Tate and then Arizona state, two schools that have had pockets of success, but have not been able to sustain anything. Yeah, you had um, yeah. So twenty-one new coaches, and and Herm ranked twenty-first uh, out of them, uh, behind Dana Dimmel, which um, yeah, 
is is sensible is completely sensible but it still kind of made me laugh out loud when i saw it um no, I, I, I got tired. I got so tired of complaining about the Herm Edwards hire that my Arizona state preview from a couple of weeks ago was just basically, all right, well let's, let's spin this around. How might he succeed? And the whole thing was based on that perspective. Cause I was tired of myself. Yes. I, um, that's, that's a rational line of thinking. If there's two things that we're kind of, if you read our magazine this year, it's like we're all in on Tua and we're not all in on Herm. Those are basically the two things. I, I think those are pretty good editorial decisions. I don't, I don't think anyone's yeah. going to be laughing at Athlon in a couple months. I'll put it that way. Um, one of the other uh, rankings I was interested in, uh, top coordinator hires for 18. It was funny because um, very recently on this show, we were pontificating or just really kind of, I mean, I guess guessing at the coaching hire trend, maybe swinging back towards the, powerful coordinator versus the like quickly rising, you know, mid-major coach. So I looking at some of these coordinators, you have, you have Mike Elko, the defensive coordinator, at Texas A&M at number one, which I thought was really surprising because most people are actually talking about Alex Grinch. Uh, you've got at number two. Um, I won't do the entire list again by the magazine, but t- I don't want to say defend Mike Elko, but like, j- just tell me about the kind of the rationale, what you guys were thinking there and why it's so impactful. I think it's kind of relative to the situation. Like Alex Grinch is done amazing things, you know, Washington state, but like Ohio state's good on defense. They're going to be good on defense with or without Alex Grinch. They might be better with Alex Grinch, but they've also got Greg Chiano there. Uh, I think, you know, Texas A&M has underachieved defensively. And if you notice that uh, John Chavis is not on our list of top 12 coordinator <laughs> hires. Uh, so I think getting Mike Elko was a coup for, for Texas A&M. Uh, that, that, that kind of factored in as well, too. I mean, this is a guy that kind of toiled in, you know, relative anonymity at Wake Forest for a few years, then did a good job at Notre Dame. And I think he, you know, uh, will, will do a good job at Texas A&M. So I thought it was just a really good hire. Uh, a lot of defensive coordinators, by the way. That's uh, now, yeah. is that, yeah. now, is that a symptom of an overexposure of the offensive side of the ball in general? Are offensive head coaches or just the, you know, the the, the quiet and more pressing need to – supplement a high powered offense or, or an offensive minded head coach with some actual good defense, because it's interesting here, like Texas A&M is probably the best example on the list. Texas A&M and defense haven't really known each other for a while, but then, you know, Alex Grinch, a little different situation with the Meyer tree, but Florida, Mississippi state. See who else we got on here. Definitely. By the way, shout out to Pete Golding. I'm glad you included him on the list. Yeah, I'm a big, big fan. You just look at what he did there and at UTSA. It's hard not to be. And you also have, you have Tracy Clay's going to Washington State. Similar situation, Texas A and M. Is this? Is it just? Why did you guys keep coming up with so many defensive coordinators being that important? I guess is what I'm asking because everyone tends to look and go, "Oh man, they got this new play caller on offense. This is why this staff is going to be better." That's a good question. I don't know. I'd have to go back and maybe, you know, last couple of years has been more offensive coordinator hires. I think, you know, without doing a super deep dive, I think it might've been just situations this year that yeah. they're just more so like Alex French and Mike Elko are two of the best coordinators, offense, defense in the country. And they got, they were up on the market. Hey, I want to ask Connolly something. What, I don't know why, what do you think of, do you have any thoughts on Sean Lewis at Kent state? Um, by the way, that I, question's probably not been asked anywhere else <laughs> outside well, of all, that, Ohio. That really is still the momentum. I was about to jump in and ask where the hell Derek Dooley is on this list, but, um, no, don't, you don't have to do that to yourself. You don't have to do that to yourself. I've, oh, I've come around. I think he's going to be great. 
this year and then not so much but uh anyway um i I like that kent state finally decided you know what we don't have to play we don't have to do miniature jim trestle ball right like we can we can actually try something different since apparently winning here is very very hard uh and then he went out and recruited well i kind of like his staff like i I like what he did i don't know if he's gonna win because it's a hard freaking job but i like that they decided to actually try something different now that that might not have been their choice it might have just been well this guy says he'll take the job so i guess we'll offer it to him but um right i i I just like when a school like that doesn't go to not that they go to magazine they don't go to the list of top big 10 coordinators right that guy hire someone like sean lewis who comes from a a fun coaching tree and roll the dice there might be an 80 percent chance it doesn't work out but that 20 percent chance it works out and you you've got you you strike gold why, why not try it we know that style will work in the Mac. Uh, yeah. So why the heck not? Yeah. I think it's dangerous for Lewis in one sense in that for some reason, like Bill alluded to, that just seems to be one of those permanent pothole jobs in the Mac. Yeah. If he gets them to five and seven or six and six or seven and five consistently, he will be well known in the coaching community. The problem with that is then trading that out on the market to get the next job. Because from a from a Kent State, you could go to I, I just hypothetically like a higher power G five type of job. I don't know if if consumers, if fans, would understand why they were hiring a coach who was going seven and five in the MAC, and why that would be the minor miracle that it would be at Kent State. Plus, he'll have the the stigma of it'll be one of those things where he goes like one in eleven this first year or something. So, but even if he breaks through his career, his record at Kent State's going to be like you know twenty five and thirty or something, and that's that's never going to make fans happy. They want to see a guy who's like ninety five and two at his previous school, and that's that's always going to be a red flag to them, whether it should I'll, be or I'll not. Look, Mitch, I'll tie it back into the Herm stuff. We all have, you know, I don't want to say a bias, but I. Herm comes with a lot of baggage. That's fair to say, right? There's a perception issue with sort of the NFL always kind of wagging its finger down at college football and being proven wrong almost always. But I'm in favor of of clean slates and new ideas. I think just let's just keep the conversation interesting. So when you hire him, I think he's like, what, 32? I think he's like 31, 32 years old. Uh, Yeah, he's 31. Yeah, he's a baby. Uh, He comes out (laughs) of a system that we know could work in that conference, right? He gets basically to do whatever he wants because there's no expectation, right? If he does something unique, it'll be awesome. Now it it may not work out, but you know, much like Herm, at least it's something different. I mean, the mini trestle ball thing, it wouldn't have worked. They're not going to be able to recruit the same players that the better Mac programs are. Just be weird. I'm down with weird. Let's if Kent state wants to be weird all year, by the way, it just dawned on me. We're sitting here with the editor-in-chief of Athlon. We have PAPN to hell out of this podcast because we have now spent a solid two and a half minutes talking about Kent State. I can damn right. I can talk any. I can. I can go. I, unlike you, you, you know, Godfrey. I know you're power. You're. you're I accuse Braden of being a power five snob. You're the opposite of that. So, but I, I can talk with the big boys. I can talk Kent State. You know, I can talk to anyone about anything. Um, and that's why we have you here. As far as the big boys go. When you do a conference ranking, by the way, number one, SEC, number two, Big Ten, number three, ACC. When you do these, is that just a device now to, to, to 
perpet like to push the argument, Mitch. I mean, it, I'm interested because of that section. Like, it you, it really comes down to almost like a one two, and everything else is irrelevant. But to see the ACC at three, uh, as we're big proprietors of the what I what I've been calling them the the cul-de-sac essentially of like uh, good, but not mansions, right? But like really well built, nice homes. That's the kind of what that neighborhood needed, right? You have like a couple mansions in Florida State and Clemson, and then the rest of the homes were in disrepair. Um, when you guys talked about the ACC, the SEC Big Ten thing, whatever, we'll just leave it alone. Is is it time yet for the ACC? Does it feel like it? Like like were you guys impressed with what we saw? I, I'm just curious. Yeah. Well, first of all, these conference rankings are very difficult, um, and not that I. Like I spend more time on the coach rankings because I feel like, you know, there's more to look at. I was like conference rankings. I'm just like, what do you, what, what, what impresses you? You know, when I'm trying to judge the ACC versus the big 12, you've got a 14 team conference versus a 10 team conference. So it's like, you know, are you impressed by the teams at the top? If you're impressed by the teams at the top, you like the ACC better. If you like the depth and, and the middle of the pack, you might like the big 12 better. So, um, I will. Def- I'll just say that, like, while I spend time on it and I wrote this, the, the rankings. I don't. If someone came to me and wanted to challenge and say the Big Twelve should definitely be ahead of the ACC, and here's why, I'd probably say, you know, that's a good point. Um, but to specifically answer your question, I think the ACC is inter- interesting because there's so much in the, in the middle class that has the yeah. potential to be better, but I don't know if they can sustain it. You know, I, I, as I said here, the key question for the ACC, can the middle part of the league, teams such as Louisville, NC State, Georgia Tech, emerge as top 25 caliber teams as opposed to top 40-ish teams? And that's kind of, to me, that's how you define a league. How many, you know, how many top 25 caliber teams do you have rather than top 40 or top 50? Because if you're a power conference, you should have a lot of top 50, top 40 caliber teams. How many teams do you have that can r- rise above that? Yeah, and that's always going to be the Big Ten's thing. You know, that's if you just look at the top twenty-five, the preseason top twenty-five, you're like, wow, Big Ten's by far the best conference. Uh, they also have probably four of what the six worst teams in power conferences, or seven or eight or whatever it is. Um, and and so yeah, it all just depends. That's such a great debate question because we can you can ask ten people, they'll all interpret quality in a different way. So. Uh, definitely something to include. By the way, uh, one other thing, and I, I, I don't want to just, we're just kind of thumbing through the intro of the National Magazine right now. I don't want to keep doing that. But I really enjoyed that you had to dedicate a whole page to quarterback transfers. I think that I, I, 18 years ago, how much how much real estate was being given to quarterback Not transfers? Not much. And it's you know, it, actually, last year was the first year we changed the section. It used to be just transfers of note. But then it was just like, it's got to be quarterbacks. There's so much, there's so many guys on the move. Um, and you know, you, you look at this list, we got guys like Keller, Chris, Stanford, Tennessee, uh, KJ Carter, Samuels, Washington, Colorado state, a lot of grad transfers, some Juco guys that's, you know, like Terry Wilson that started at Oregon, uh, then went to junior college, went to Kentucky. So it's, you know, it's become, it's, it is one of the more frustrating things for us as we put the magazine together. There's so much free agency, uh, among quarterbacks in the spring guys waiting until after spring practice, Schools looking at depth charts. Yeah. So, you know, th- there's there's about 10 guys that we could have added to the list. I think we've got 15 on our list. You know, th- there's there's probably at least 25 transfers out there that are at least in contention for starting jobs. 
Yeah, I was going to say, like, I the, the delay between when you have to finalize and when it goes out it has to just be the most maddening thing because I, like, I, I went on a trip last week and I basically wrote a week's worth of Pac-12 previews a week ahead of time. And I w- it just made me so freaking anxious. Um, I don't think I actually – maybe I missed an Oregon transfer. I don't think – otherwise, I don't think I actually missed anything. But it, just that week made me nervous, like it was going to be out of date. I was going to have missed something that happened in the meantime. Uh, and even if yeah. I do miss it, I can go back and I've, fix it. Uh, I've moved on. It used to drive me crazy. Now I just like there's no button we hit, but we hit the pervert, like, the, the button like send to the printer. From there, I just you know what if it, if something happens, I can't do anything about it. So it used to drive me crazy. Now there's certain certain things that happen, and this this is a little behind the curtain too with our fantasy magazine, which will be on a newsstand soon. Like we finished our fantasy magazine a week ago Tuesday, like. Literally sent it to the printer. I was done with all of our magazines, including our pro and all our college. It's like a thousand pages in a six-week period. I was just like kicking back on the couch. And then I'm on my phone, and I see that Hunter Henry, the tight end for San Diego, the Chargers, tears his ACL. I'm like, oh, no. So I texted our production guy saying, hey, some guy got hurt, major changes. Can we make him? Expecting him and honestly hoping he says, no, too late. It's already being printed. It was like, oh, no problem at all. The, the plant's not starting until tomorrow. So that night for three hours, like Hunter Henry, because he's a highly rated tight end in fantasy, I've, he affected 22 pages of our fantasy magazine out of, like, oh my God. Out of 172. So like – I thought you were going to say you had to rewrite a, like, a, like a, some no, copy. Oh my fantasy, God. And it's dumb because Hunter Henry goes down then like – and that affects all of their wide receivers, and that affects Philip Rivers. You know, so if we were going to do it, we were going to do it right and change everything. So I'm glad we. Did it. I just got that. Honestly, just made me a little ill. <laughs> yeah, well, I think I'm mean, sitting on, like I said, on the couch, like totally relaxed. Like, hmm, I don't have a magazine due for th- two months. You know, um, right. So you know that happens with, with uh, the football magazines too. You know, I, obviously one, we're, we're not. We, we, we might change, you know, a depth chart. If a guy gets hurt, usually stuff isn't so drastic that it changes a lot of pages, but you know, we'll change things as late as we can until it's physically being printed. But once that happens, we just move on. All right, Bill, I want you to open up your national copy. Uh, Mitch to the New Mexico state page. I'm already, of there. course, no back page, last page of the last page of the issue. Okay. Um, obviously because oh, it yeah. is June, um, it only makes sense that we, Look at your bowl projections, consider them to be gospel, and then critique them. Because if you if they're not entertaining bowls, we think you Steve did it wrong. Is, is that responsible for the you know obviously everything in the magazine I see I quote unquote sign off on, but I'm throwing if anything you don't like I'm throwing him under the bus. Okay. Okay, so in the you know like eh, November range, sometimes on PAPN, we'll look at some bowl projections. Uh, not the national title picture. Don't care. <laughs> uh, I want pure entertainment value in an exhibition football game played on a Tuesday night in late December that exists solely to sell television advertisements and like help some random chamber of commerce and basically like so a bunch of Americans don't have to talk to their relatives during the holiday. All right, so. With, that's the rubric. I want an entertaining football game. I don't care about records or any of that stuff. Let's see what's going to entertain us. Bill, are you ready to grade them? I'm ready. Alamo Bowl. You've got West Virginia versus USC. I like that. Nice. I'll prove it. Yeah, I approve yeah. that. Okay. Right. Now USC will be, you know, super disappointed because they don't, they don't, they don't go to USC to play in the Alamo Bowl. So I'm picking West Virginia. Uh, Arizona Bowl. Hey, look at Athlon putting ULM in a bowl. 
They'll be playing Colorado Heck State. Yeah. I'm all I'm all for that. Armed Forces oh, Bowl. Yeah, I'm all for that. Uh, Armed Forces Bowl. I like this already just because of just anytime you transpose styles to this degree, you got K-State and Houston. I approve. That's good. That's good. You're doing you're doing good so far, Mitch. Um, Bahamas Bowl, Memphis FAU. Can I can I steal a Godfrey term on that? Mm. That one could be pointsy. I'm going to be very pointsy. I was I was literally about to ask Bill what what, what are you setting the over under on two hundred two fifty? Well, FAU has a defense though, so sure okay that could that could wreck things a little bit. Uh-huh. So I'm gonna I'm gonna set it at only How rude of them to have a defense. Uh, know, God, but, look at this next boring game uh, in the Belk Bowl, Virginia Tech and Missouri. I don't know why you would put the Heisman winning <laughs> quarterback against uh, against Virginia Tech in the Belk Bowl. Yeah, okay. that was not very nice. Uh, here's a weird one, and you've got an asterisk here. Oh, oh, I got gotcha. you. Um, the SEC, you're saying the SEC will fail to fill its allotted slots, and just right off the top of my head, I w- I think I would agree with you on that. Um, UCLA and UCF. In the Birmingham Bowl, man. If that happens, how many UCLA fans? You have, gifted, you have gifted the Birmingham Bowl a better bowl game than they should than that crumbling stadium deserves. But how many UCLA fans are there? I'd say seven. Oh, like top, like that aren't yeah, they're, they're parents, or parents or siblings yeah. of like actual players. Like maybe, yeah. Like all joking aside, I would literally say under two hundred. Yes, under a hundred, maybe. Um, Boca. MTSU, Ohio, eh, you got to do what you got to do. Cactus, uh, Utah versus Iowa State. That one doesn't sound cool. It could, it actually could be. Um, that's actually two of the more fun defenses yes. to watch, but that's not what we're really in this for. Uh, Camellia, Miami, Ohio, Troy. Um, you would assume Troy would have an interim head coach at that point. <laughs> yeah. That's uh, the only reason I don't, I don't endorse that one is you may have a transition staff on that side of the ball. Um, Camping World, hey, Florida State and Texas. Okay, that's a that's a good one. Yeah, that's a that's a despite the, having the name Camping World, it's a it's a pretty top level not you know non New Year's Six Bowl. That could be interesting. That could be really interesting. Uh, huh? I just didn't think about that one. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Talk about coaching personalities in that one. Uh, Citrus, Michigan State, Mississippi State. <sighs> it's weird because we haven't yet really associated the fun of the Joe Moorhead offense with Mississippi state yet, but that could be fun. Good quarterback battle. Yeah. And if, 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 if Moorhead's uh, offense is truly fun, as fun as we you know, want to think it is, they'll be higher than the citrus bowl, but that, has, that remains to be seen mm. in the cure. You've actually got a, a very nice setup for, for, for Love temple, this. because I think uh, you've got him playing app state. Again, another coach I do not expect to be coaching in his bowl game. I definitely think Satterfield will get hired this year. So um, if that happens, it'd be set up nice for Temple to beat a really good App State team. Um, Dollar General, you've got Northern Illinois and Arkansas State. Good game. Okay. All right. All right. I'm, you know, I'm not in love with that. Um, uh, Idaho Bowl. Sorry, famous Idaho potato. Uh, Fresno and Buffalo. I think Buffalo huh. could be really fun to watch this year. Great, well, yeah. Great, great, great yeah. It's 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 kind of time, yes. you know. Like when I was making the phone calls, uh, I help out on the coaching. Uh, yeah, not what do we call it, Mitch? Anonymous uh, coaching, the kind of scouting reports. People were like, "Oh God, I was about." I literally was about to say bullish about Buffalo. I apologize, <laughs> but people were they're expecting <laughs> them to come around. No, yeah. Tyree Jackson is a potentially incredible quarterback, and their receiver might even be better than him. Yeah, I was going to say, I, I can't remember the kid's name, but the wide receiver they have is a beast. Um, okay, Foster Farms, Northwestern and Oregon. 
Um, okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. 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 Okay. All right. Okay. Frisco, uh, Tulane and Toledo. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Finally getting into a ball game. And in Frisco, no less. Yes. You know what? Might be a Willie tradition. Might not be coaching that bowl game. <laughs> Got that Kansas job open. I like how uh, we're, we're looking at it. We're forecasting bowl season and trying to bake the interim coaches we're, into hey, the recipe. We're forecasting coaching cycles in a forecast <laughs> that doesn't even exist. This Look, this sport couldn't be more future-facing. Um, where was I? Uh, oh, I like this one. Talk about uh, – yeah, this would be great. Uh, Gasparilla Bowl, uh, my guys up at Army in USF. I don't think Army's particularly happy with that matchup there, Mitch. I don't really think that DC is going to want to deal with that, yeah. but, uh, you know, well, it happened. Well, I mean, they allowed uh, like 10 yards per play in their last bowl game and won anyway, so what do they care? I say, yeah, honestly, I'd say that. They probably, they they, they love getting that underdog mentality, and they, and they really, those service academies just, honestly, they just want to play teams with, like, top-level talent, which is what you could get at, you know, USF being kind of a top-level G5, just to show their players that they're not as far off as they might think. Uh, Hawaii Bowl, Marshall, Utah State. I'm fine with that. Yep. Uh, Minnesota, North Texas, Heart of Dallas. Iowa, Stanford, in the Holiday it's Bowl. It's a rematch of the. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> right. I was there, dude. I was there. That game, Yeah, I was there. Um, yeah, we'll leave it at that. Independence Bowl, Georgia Tech, Louisiana Tech. Hell um, yeah. Paul Johnson gonna be coaching that game. <laughs> Sorry, um, Vegas Bowl, San Diego State, and Cal. That you know what? That yeah. could actually be good. Yeah. Um, Liberty, Oklahoma State, Kentucky. I'm fine with that. Military, Navy, BC. I'm fine with that. Maryland, South Carolina, and the Music City. Uh, yeah, kind okay, of kind of boring. Yeah, well, Maryland. Be- if if they have a quarterback upright yes. ever, could be a lot of fun. But yeah, that hasn't happened in like 38 years. Right. So. Um, okay, uh, New Mexico, Southern Miss, Wyoming, kind of a Godfrey Bowl there. I appreciate that. Yeah, I'm down with that. Uh, UAB, Louisiana, New Orleans Bowl. Um, I remember didn't the New, didn't the New Orleans Bowl just get back to like that big Saturday yeah. night primetime yeah, slot? They're not, they're not at 11 a.m. anymore, which is just the meanest kickoff time. Anytime you put ULL in the New Orleans Bowl, like it is crazy in yes. that stadium. Um, Purdue, Florida, and the Outback. Ugh. You know what's weird is I'll actually give – I will compliment you on this, Mitch. That is the most Outback Bowl possible. Yeah. Because, <laughs> like, my, like, I can feel the hangover already. So it fits. And what's weird is with Mullen, even in year one, should be better on offense. Yeah. Purdue, Braum, right? Yeah. yeah. And yet you know this game is going to be 13 to 9. Well, because it's a, it's a hangover, yeah. Purdue, too, last year. I'm yeah. as big a Jeff Braum fan there is, but they were better because their defense was better. Their offense was statistically at least not very good last year. So, you know, right. they, they, they need to get going on offense. Uh, pinstripe Nebraska versus NC State. Okay, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, that could be really interesting. At this point, we'll we'll kind of know what we have with Frost and what they look like in the in the immediate future. Uh, Wake Forest, Indiana, and the Quick Lane Bowl. That could actually be more fun than it sounds. I know everyone wants to make a basketball joke there. Uh, Louisville, Arizona, and the Sun Bowl. Okay, yeah, I, you know, I mean, that that could be really fun. Will Tate might be able to. Lamar really... Jackson, Louisville has to face Khalil Tate, so they're, they're scout. You know, from from going against Lamar, they should be ready for it. That is uh, the Sun Bowl is the most all or nothing game bowl there is, and that feels like an all yes. right there. Yeah, no kidding. Uh, Tax Slayer, 
Notre Dame and Texas A&M. Yeah. Mm, I don't see a lot of points in that game. Uh, Texas Bowl, TCU and LSU. Yes. Hmm. That could it's be interesting. disappointing for TCU right there, though. Uh, I know, right? Um, and then your New Year's Six, uh, I'll do these all at once so we can just talk about sort of the, the, the picture. Um, uh, Miami and Penn State, Chick-fil-A Peach Bowl, Fiesta will be Boise State and Wisconsin, Rose will be Michigan and Washington, Sugar will be Oklahoma-Auburn, and then in the semis you have Bama-Ohio State and Clemson-Georgia with Bama and Clemson for the fourth Lord. time. It's the it's as Jason Kirk, our, our college football editor, pointed out. It's now our um, Golden State versus. Yeah, and I, I hate it. I say and like nothing against those two programs. I used to love the off season debates in the office, like who's going to be number one this year, like who you know in January saying, you know what, I really like Florida this year. I really like this team. Actually, there's no debate. It's like you got to pick Alabama or Clemson, or else you're just trying to be cute. Good job, Mitch. I like those bowl projections. You're gonna watch every well. Mo, you, you'll watch ninety percent of it. Yes. Yes. Yeah. You know, what was weird. Is I, I was actually down a little bit this year just because of some work stuff. Like I didn't, I didn't consume as many of the weird Tuesday night G five bowls. But uh, I need to rectify that. They need to schedule a little bit better too, though. Um. Uh. Let's see. Before we get out of here, uh, in the New Year six, Boise State, Wisconsin. Gosh, like, just talk about always a bridesmaid. Um. <laughs> And then Michigan, Washington, and the Rose. It's weird. I think if Washington finishes outside the playoff conversation, this is uh, it's weird. Like having gone to a Rose Bowl now, it doesn't make sense, and it shouldn't make sense. But a lot of fans would rather that, honestly. Yeah, at least a lot of Iowa fans told me that. There's a lot of in the Big Ten and Pac-12. There's a lot of fans that are they grew up at the Rose Bowl, and that was that was the thing to do. now, Washington's interesting. Yeah. We might be a little bit lower, even though we spent a lot of time debating them as a playoff team. Basically, in our forecasts, we're like, we have them losing to Auburn in the opener and then losing one more game in the Pac-12 because it's difficult to go undefeated in a nine-game conference season. So that puts them at 11-2. and two. And if you're 11-2, and two, you're going to be a t- out of the Pac-12. This year, you're probably going to be a top-10 team. You're not going to be a top-4 team. Dude, look, man, everybody's talking about how the Pac-12 is going to like implode like a dying star or whatever because they don't have the same television network as the Big Ten. And I'm the idiot over here being like, in three years, we're going to be talking about the Pac-12 North beating itself up the same way we used to talk about the Big 12 South and the SEC West. So I love I love that West Coast Kool-Aid. Well, yeah, God knows what's there's there. There's potential. <laughs> I mean, with Washington, if you know, Stanford's not going anywhere, and, and if Oregon, I'm still – you know, we'll see what happens with with uh, the new staff there or with, you know, Mary Cristobal. And I think Justin Wilcox quietly did a really good year job in his first year at Cal. So there's potential in the North. I think there's a lot of potential in the North. Mitch, uh, we got to get out of here. Thanks for having me. Bill. Yeah, well, just uh, Mitch, you and I will stay on the phone and, and – talks uh, about godfrey some but that's fine you can you can make it its own podcast i don't care uh so for those of you listening uh my name is Stephen godfrey you reach me at, at 38 godfrey that is the robot bill Connolly at sbn underscore bill c uh obviously you can find us at sb nation mitch plug away plug aggressively plug with Thank fervor. you very much for having me. You can buy Athlon Sports College Football magazines on newsstands pretty much anywhere. We've got a Pac-12 magazine, ACC, Big 12, Big 10. Uh, big, uh, did I mention? I think that's all five power conferences. Then we've got our national magazine, which has one page on every team. Um, 
can buy them at, like I said, newsstands or at our website, Athlon Sports Backslash Store. Um, reach me on Twitter to Athlon Mitch. Tell me what you like, what you don't like about the magazine. And that's about it, guys. Tell them you like the stats. We love the advanced stats. Stats are for nerds. We're, but you want we're, you want quotes about Army throwing the football? Yes, we love we love quotes about Army and stats. That's the two my two favorite parts of the magazine. God, we sound like fun in a dinner party. All right, guys, thank you. Yep. See you guys.